All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of College Football Sunday. I'm Steve, and back with me now again is Taz. What's up, folks? How things been, Steve? <laughs> Trying to hold it down, brother. Trying to hold it <laughs> hold down. Hold it down, brother. I'm back. <laughs> Glad you're back. Glad you're back. Glad you're Sir. back. All right, so in this episode, we're going to talk about the Conference USA. So, Conference USA has got a lot of pretty interesting stuff going on this upcoming season and into the next season, right. which was kind of odd that, you know, and we won't get into the legalities of it because there was a lot of, like, legality stuff. They're like, oh, I saw somewhere where Marshall had filed a restraining order uh, <laughs> against the conference. <laughs> a lot going on right now, Pop. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know you could have a restraining order against a conference. Hey, man, they're pulling out all the stops. <laughs> yeah. So, but Conference USA, they're going to look a lot different next year. In this episode, we're going to talk about what they're going to look like this year, but we'll give you a little rundown on what's going on in there. Okay. So, Conference USA, after this year, they'll be losing a pretty heavy hitters. If you look at the, the way that their conference is built, is they're going to end up losing UAB, mm-hmm. Florida Atlantic, Charlotte, North Texas, Rice, and UTSA. Right. They're all going to go to the American next year. Right, right. Now, this seemed to be like, a to me, uh, I don't know who all has been noticing it, but it seems to be a reoccurring theme uh, of teams, not just team, but leagues expanding. Mm-hmm. But uh, the reoccurring part is it seems like they're going after – the top of the conferences. They're taking the heads off of the conferences. Yeah. It's not like they're just adding any teams out of conference to yeah. their conference. I didn't really realize that until you had said that the other yeah. day when we was talking about the other conferences. Right. Right. So, I mean, it seems like, I mean, this is what they're trying to do. And I, I don't know if, if, if it's their playing or they're, they're trying to, and I don't think they are eliminating conferences, but they're putting the conferences in a situation Oh, yeah. To where, hey, man, we got to scrap to try to keep this thing afloat. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like you're taking my lower tier teams or maybe even middle road teams in my conference yeah. and saying, okay, well, I'm not going to try to rip you apart. You just got to <laughs> go and ask some other teams to your conference to be relevant. Yeah, No, exactly. you're getting the top of my conference. So now I got to go find <laughs> another conference, rip the head off of that conference, mm-hmm. and pull their best teams over. Yeah, it seems like a, a lot of moving and shaking. It right. does. Yeah, because if you look at the teams that they're losing and then you look at the teams that they're adding, right. I mean, they're adding some decent teams, but not to the level of what they're losing. Jacksonville State, great D2 school. Right. I mean, they've proven they can win big games. Mm-hmm. They have. I mean, Liberty with Hugh Freeze, that's that's an upgrade. But really, how long is Hugh Freeze going to be there? Right, and that's the thing. That's the thing. Um. But at the same time, can he, like, somewhat build a program where it's sustainable? I see a lot of conferences or a lot of teams, what they do after they lose their head coach, sometimes they'll um, promote from within or try to keep the OC yeah. or somebody there. That way they can keep the things rolling. But if he takes the majority of his coaches, of course, and, you know. <laughs> Makes it a little more difficult. Right. They're going to add New Mexico State, which really hasn't been relevant ever <laughs> in college football, unfortunately. I mean, I, I heard they have a beautiful campus out there. But, right. And then Sam Houston State, they won a D2 title, I want to say, two years ago. Mm-hmm. They did. They mm-hmm. beat the team that we talked about, or I talked about in the last episode, the Sun Belt, um, James Madison. So, I mean, that's good D2 schools, but it's almost like you're you're going to be lingering at the bottom. But, uh, but also... Uh, I don't know. Are most of these things that we're just adding teams 
or are they kind of buying into what the other one's doing? Are they trying to get footprints in certain areas? Um, I think in a lot of other conferences yeah. they are. I think in this conference, they're just trying to add teams to stay alive. Right. <laughs> because right. once all this shuffling around goes around, next year there'll be a nine a nine team league. Right. They only have four teams that's coming back. That's or five teams that's original from that's here this year. They got Florida International, which we'll talk about, you know, and that's went completely upside down. Mm-hmm. Um, Louisiana Tech. Middle Tennessee State, UTEP is doing a little better. They'll have a really great year next year right. <laughs> with the teams in their conference. Right. And then if you're like a Western Kentucky that's still going to be there, I mean, I'll call it now. Next year, Conference USA champion, Western Kentucky. <laughs> right, right. And it kind of gives them some relevance. But it's going to it's gonna put them in a position also to probably play uh, some bigger schools. Oh, yeah, for you know, sure. To kind of strengthen their schedule. Yeah, they're going to have to because, like I said, with nine teams, I mean, yeah, you can still play your eight conference games. You'll play everybody. And then hopefully the NCAA will give you a petition or whatever to play a championship game. Right. They right. will. And they might not, being only nine teams. But would you say, I mean, maybe the schools aren't equal to what they're losing that they're bringing in? Oh, no. But what no. about the what about, what about the somewhat of the, the, the cachet, the the – the hype of the teams coming in. You have a you have a team that's led by Rich uh, Rich Rodriguez at Jacksonville State. Oh, okay. That's a name. Yeah, it's a know? name. Yeah, and then you have a Hugh Freeze, a name. Okay, you know that can probably put good football on the field. Oh yeah, and I think Sam Houston can too. Right, I do. I, I think they'll put a good football product on the field too. I just don't think at this time mm-hmm. that they're up to the cachet of a UAB yeah. or a UTSA. But you, you also you got to think about what. Well, not that much of a difference though, because UTSA is in Texas, so, yeah. So that's why I was saying swap one out for the other. Yeah, yeah. There's still, still kind of footprint. yeah footprint in the area. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking. You know, in some cases, trying to get you know someone like a in the place of a Texas, you lose a Texas, but you still want the footprint in Texas because it's a good recruiting ground. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and then they lose North Texas, which is up in Denton, up around the Dallas area. Right. Sam Houston State's in Huntsville. That's right. probably about an hour and a half north of Houston. Right, and, and like I said, they have a good D D two school. Same thing with Jacksonville State. I talked about it on the last episode, though, is that I believe that, and I'll get your opinion. I True. will. Is that I believe Division one to Division two, mm-hmm. even Group of five lower level Division one mm-hmm. to Division two, I think it's night and day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Also, for for a matter of reasons, though, one is okay. Yeah, probably a little more cash. Oh yeah, of um, course. The recruiting. Yeah, but the the coaches. Mm-hmm. Coaches yeah, that's the main too. thing. Because I mean, you see often that a lot of these teams that are moving, or even the ones that are staying, have had successful coaches at those universities. It's oh, just yeah. that they tend to be hired away from them. Yeah. What um, about this? And I know this is kind of off topic. When is North Dakota State ever going to move up? Who is ever going to take the leap and take them? Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, I, w- I would think one of the conference would pretty much try to target them. Uh, I wouldn't see no re- any reason why not because they're constantly up there. You see James Madison. Yeah. They had the opportunity. Yep, and they to, went to the Sun Belt. Right. They did. Right. So you would think they would you know, eventually get an opportunity to kind of move up. Do they want to maybe? I mean, is it maybe I don't bad? know, but you, but you, you got to think also – Location. Location. <laughs> Location. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But the good thing about them, though, is that they do play indoors. So right. you won't have to worry about a North Dakota winner. 
Yeah. Now you might get stuck in North Dakota for three days. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean, you out. still have travel. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, you know, of course, the Big Ten is probably not going to pull there. I mean, no. But um, what about Pac-12? Yeah. I mean, it's a very relevant school. Mountain They're West, up there. Mountain West. Let's yeah. talk. We'll talk about that whenever yeah. we get to the Mountain yeah. West. Location. I think, I think location. Loca- oh little. yeah, location yeah. definitely is a, is a big is a big mm-hmm. ordeal with them. But like I said, I mean they've been so successful. I mean Jacksonville State's been successful, not championship level successful, but lately. But they've taken them up. Sam Houston State championship level successful. They've taken them up. Right. James Madison championship level. They've taken them okay, up. Okay, so you think people are gonna be eager to add them to the conference? I mean, think about it, think about it, like, we, we, you have teams protesting, it's like, nah, not right now, we don't want to bring them in. Well, I mean, hey, if you're scared to they play. They bring heat. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> that's the thing, yeah, they're going to bring that heat. They bring they, heat. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they have already upset Power 5 schools right. during the regular season. Right. Nobody wants to schedule I'm them during the regular season. I'm not going to be in a hurry to add them. No. I mean, if, if, if you're asking me to vote on it. Yeah. <laughs> if I want mm. the other teams. You know what I'm saying? Well, well <laughs> depends on what happens but, with my conference. Right, right. Yeah, now you may need them. <laughs> now you might just say, to hell with it. Let's keep it you rolling. Let's get it. Yeah, they're going to help us stay relevant. Yeah. <laughs> For real. <laughs> so that's a little rundown about what's going on in Conference USA. Like I said, this episode here will be day and night next year because <laughs> half of these schools, more than half of these schools won't be here. Yeah. The other half will be new, and we'll see what they're going to do next year. Right. All right, so let's go on and start breaking these teams down. So the first team we got right here is we got Western Kentucky. Right. Last year, Western Kentucky, 9-5. and five. They started 1-4, and four, but they finished 8-1. and one. Mm-hmm. Finished strong, made it all the way to the conference championship game. And their head coach is uh, Tyson Helton. Mm-hmm. He was telling me something about him earlier. Yeah, but brother, uh, young brother of uh, Clay Helton. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, I, I saw the name, and you know, a lot of these times you'll see the names, and you're like, there's no way them two are related. Right. You know? Right. Really. But, you, yeah, it, a lot of times with rarity, when you see a name that you don't normally see. Yeah. You know, like, okay, maybe a connection, maybe not a connection. Because uh-huh. uh, it could be easily, I mean, not related. Oh, yeah, a lot exactly. Of time, but, yeah, that's his younger brother huh. um, that he's brought over. So, it's going to be interesting. Because Western Kentucky, like we mentioned earlier, is one of those teams that have had some coaches to come through there. Oh yeah, but have been hired away. Yep, and uh, over the years, been a, a good spot for uh, transfers. Yep, that too. Yeah, I mean Tyson Helton's one of those guys. I mean, if they can put something together for another year or two, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised to see these teams come by and swoop them up. Yeah, um, and looking at them from from last year, uh, of course they lost their offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's exactly that, that. that dude is legit. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's Joe Brady legit. Right. Because Joe Brady, come yeah. back to college football, please. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> that Zach Kitley, that quarterback, yeah, that cat broke Joe Burrow records. Right. And that's the, that's the thing, though. As far as Helton, is he able to kind of step in? I mean, as far as play calling, I don't know. He's going to turn over to the, the OCs. <laughs> yeah. I read that. Yeah. We have three OCs. Really? Right. Three if you right. like they say, if you got three quarterbacks, you don't have one. Right. If you got three offense, <laughs> that Zach Kelly was so good last year. Take three we to need three him. people to replace him. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> Hopefully, they're all paid the same, like like right. Zach Kelly right. was. Don't give me the title and don't give me the check. <laughs> right. Yeah. But to, yeah, to, to 
Yeah, most likely, yeah, you're not gonna duplicate it. No, this no, is the thing. No. Can you keep it rolling, or you know, the offense still relevant after losing that guy? Well, we'll find out how, oh, how yeah. much of an influence he was on the team. Yeah, and that's what kind of the more I read into this one that Zach Kitley, he came from Stephen F. Austin, mm-hmm. and he brought that kid with him, that quarterback, and like two receivers. Right now, what I'm wondering is, and this is off topic, but. That kid from Incarnate Word that's at Washington State this year. Right. If Chad Morris being there had him there, if they're going to do something similar and could put up, I'm not saying these type of numbers because the weather is a lot better in Bowling Green, Kentucky than it is mm-hmm. <laughs> out there in um, Washington State. But I mean, what he was able to do with that kid bringing him in, I mean, last year that kid put up 5,967 yards. That kid was 33 yards away, Taz, from 6,000 yards. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. 62 touchdowns. And he played one less game than Joe Burrow did. Because mm. mm. Joe Burrow had the 12 regular seasons, right. the SEC championship, and the two the playoff. playoff games. Yeah. This kid had the 12 regular seasons, the Sun Belt championship, and the bowl game. So he actually was one less game. And broke Joe Burrow's records. Imagine the numbers that this kid could have put up. Yeah, but think about think about that one game, that last game, Burrow. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I'll, I'll never compare competition by no, no, no means. No. I'm not saying that. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying how how that game was played for Burrow to get those numbers. Oh yeah, who's no. he throwing against? Yeah, AJ that, Terrell. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Those yeah, numbers running skewed. Jamar Chase out there with a guy one on one. If you're just gonna can't continue, cover his own shadow, yeah, you're gonna continue to play the same defense. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna man you up against Jamar Chase, right? And we're gonna continue. I think what did Jamar have in that game? Four, five, six touchdowns. Hey, I don't, I don't know. It was a lot. Counting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know when Cincinnati play Atlanta, he's like, no, 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 no. Oh, oh, Joe Burrow, Fine. I got this. Fine. <laughs> you Fine. remember the championship game? That That's cat right. lined up over there. We, uh, we got all some catch, we got catching up to do. Yeah. <laughs> I shake his head. There you go. Hey, uh, what y'all Barkley say? Every time I play some, I'm going to put 40 and 20. I sent a limo to go bring him to there. Crazy. I want to make sure you get there I safely. Would, uh, I would, after that game, uh, have the opportunity to sign that jersey and get it to <laughs> I would, I would, I would give him my jersey. <laughs> that's messed up, man. That's messed up. I was up. signed to give it to him after the game. I'm just saying. That's just... I mean, they they do have a lot to replace on offense next year. They only return. <laughs> we gotta get back on track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a commercial. <laughs> but they only return four starters on offense, and like I said, they lose that kid last year. And this is a stat that I didn't realize. Right. I know. They had 85 plays of 20 plus yards. Yeah. Dude, that's a lot. That was that was beast mode. That was beast yeah. mode. But they do, like I said, they return they return uh, three of their receivers. They they brought two transfers in, a tight end returning from an injury, and they also brought in three quarterbacks, including that Jerry Dodge from West uh, West Virginia. Oh, okay. Well, so, that worked out pretty well for him. Yeah, and he's he's got yeah. some some experience. It's not like they. Kind of start with a freshman or anything, or or a first time starter. Yeah. So they probably can kind of bring the other guys along. So they have yeah. two transfers in, but start with him and kind of bring the other guys along. So you know, 
We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We will. With the three OCs. That's what we call yeah. the three OCs. The three OCs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the three amigos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, I mean, they lose a lot. I, I, I would suspect, honestly, somewhat of a down year. I don't see them getting to the conference championship game. Right. But I still see it. I mean, they can have a really great year still, I really believe. Oh, yeah. But just not. I don't think they're. I mean, unless, hey. The, the three OCs get it clicking and get it popping. And, I mean, they figure it out and they get it rolling. And right. hopefully one of those three OCs will <laughs> hung around Kitley enough to right. know the offense or learn something from him the one year he was there. So we'll just have to see. Yeah, I think that be a little – they started off a little slow, man. They lost yeah. four of the first five games. Yeah, it was one and four. That's crazy. And end up nine and five record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this conference, as I was breaking them down, it's crazy. The more you look at it, yeah. you'll see that. I mean, it's a complete trend. It's either a team started hot and mm-hmm. fell off, yeah. or a team started bad and took off. It's like, I mean, it was so crazy. In this conference, it was like one way or the other. It wasn't like consistent, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So moving on to our next team, we got Middle Tennessee State. Right. Rick Stockstill. This dude been his 17 years. He's on, he's been the only head coach for them that's been he he's been there for all nine bowl games in team history. Mm. This dude right here is Middle Tennessee State. Right. I remember one year or for a couple years his son <laughs> was the quarterback for Middle Tennessee State. But this year they got a new OC, mm-hmm. uh Mitch Stewart. So he's trying to switch over to this air raid thing. And that seems to be a real common theme here in college football, it seems like. Yeah. What was their record last year, Taz? Uh, 76. Oh, okay. So they got to a bowl game. And yeah, everything. that was another team that probably started a little slow. One, mm-hmm. and, one and three. Yep. Two and, two and four. Mm-hmm. You know, the first and turned it around. And turned it around. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then they got Chase Cunningham. Coming back off an injury. Yep. Um, 16 touchdowns, three picks last year. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you get that air raid offense with those type right. of numbers. Right. Mm. I mean, he could throw for at least 30 next year. Yeah. Just just bring him along slow. It wasn't ACL tier, so yeah. just being careful. And then your backup, which was a freshman last year, got some experience also. Oh, so okay. that could be a plus. He yeah, that would be a real plus. He held it down. He did pretty good. Uh... A little over a thousand yards, seven touchdowns, but six interceptions. Mm. But there again, he was a freshman. That's true. Coming first, in first action. Yeah. 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 Uh oh. <laughs> They're a lot faster here than they were in high school. Yeah, you gotta put that clipboard down. <laughs> yeah, where's that fifteen year old kid playing corner? Right, right. <laughs> I'm just gonna attack him tonight. <laughs> right. But they did, I mean, like I said, finish down the stretch because he was one of the guys, I mean, running the show down the stretch. So mm-hmm. he, he did a solid job. He got better. Oh, yeah. And they really leaned on their defense last year. Mm-hmm. They did. If they can get three-quarters of the production back on their defense, last year they was plus 11 in turnover margin, and we've talked about that in the past. That mm-hmm. That is where games are won and lost. Yeah. And with their defense last year, they led the FBS, and I didn't know this until I started reading it. Mm-hmm. They led the FBS last year in takeaway per games and defensive touchdowns. Right. You want to talk about a ball hawking secondary? Mm-hmm. 17 interceptions. Right. That's over one a game. And that's that's hard to do. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's tough. I mean, considering, like I said, over the first several games, you lose your 
starter, mm-hmm. your, your leader of the team. Yeah. And to still kind of sustain that and get behind the freshman, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, which is really good because you're talking for the year, that includes both quarterbacks even after the injury. Mm-hmm. They were fourth in Conference USA. Oh, wow. In scoring. So they was in the top quarter. Yeah, in scoring. I yeah. mean, even after the you lose your starter. Yeah. It was able to be sustained. And, and right outside the top 50 in, in national. Oh, 53. Damn. I okay. mean, with a freshman quarterback. Yeah. I'm sure a couple of those defensive touchdowns helped, but I don't, I should have looked and seen how many they have, but still, yeah. even but with still, that, even with that, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're not, it's not like your defense is scoring 35 yeah. a game for you. Yeah. <laughs> be without your starter. So that thing, that's a plus. That was, that was a building block and, and it continued to go 76, mm-hmm. you know, make to the bowl game. So, and they got an amazing defensive end out there, Jordan Ferguson. Right. That dude was unblockable last year. Nine sacks, seven and a half tackles for loss, 14 QB hits. I love DNs, and I love when they have big years. And we've talked about this in the past. Mm-hmm. The only thing that sucks is, like, right now, we know about this kid. Right. We're going to watch this kid. Right. So, and we're just, you know, people doing a podcast. Right. The coaches who coach the game, they know who this kid is. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> he, the, the quarterbacks know who he is. <laughs> yeah, well, they should. They're going to know. They're going to find him. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. And I know... Football people know, you know, stats don't are misleading sometimes. And just because, and if next year, this year, this kid might only have four sacks, right. five tackles for loss, and eight quarterback hits. Right. But he's going to man the double team. Yep. He's going to man getting chipped by the running back, getting chipped by the tight end, mm-hmm. scheming away from him. Right. He's going to do more against the game plan than what's going to show up in the stats. Correct. It is. So, of course, in that case, once he's getting chipped and double teamed like that, coordinate defensive coordinator they'll move them around yeah and that's what i hope that they yeah. do i mean their defensive coordinator seems like he knows what he's doing because right. you got a defense like that you're doing something right oh yeah yeah, yeah. they're moving <laughs> around to, to try to work it to their advantage they know okay now they're not coming this way so we'll scheme mm-hmm. for this side just in case yeah. it tend, tends to go that way so yeah and then they got a junior db Tredrick ross he had 12 pass break breakups last year right. so he's another one that's somebody that you ain't gonna you're gonna know where he's at also. Right. Cause if you go ahead and like I said in the last episode, if you throw it his way and it's second down, you might as well just stay where you at, line back up it's third down now. Right. Cause that kid ain't fisting to get beat. That kid ain't gonna get burnt. And I know you break it down, twelve pass breakups, only one a game. That really means a lot. It really does. I mean, especially depending on what down it is. All right, so moving on, our next team we got is Florida Atlantic. Five and seven last year, Mr. Willie Taggart. Yeah, somebody. Was Ted, from, you know something about Willie? I know a little something about Willie. Uh, I've run across him. Now, which I actually met him at the gas station. Yeah, after okay. he got fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now Willie, with it interesting with Willie though. Uh, Willie, Willie's familiar with his conference. Willie was a quarterback at Western Kentucky. That's right. And he was a head right. coach at Western Kentucky. Yep. So he's sure familiar right. with his conference. Yep. And uh, so now he's at FAU. Another opportunity to kind of rekindle himself after, you know, last Man. coaching job. Yeah. Went 9-12 and 12 at FSU. Huh. 21 games. Like I said, that's still up for debate. I don't think Willie got the proper amount of time, but that's for another argument's sake on another time. Huh. But this, it looks like the same thing that bugged him, and it was his plague at FSU was followed over to here. He started 5-3. and three. Mm. and he lost the last four to miss a bowl game. 
Why can Willie not close a game? What? What? I mean, what is it? I don't know. It was reoccurring, man. I mean, they were starting very high, reoccurring. Um, somewhat have the game. And I wouldn't say out of reach because, of course, they lost them. Well, yeah. <laughs> but they have them to the point where normally you win that game probably over 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even his 12 losses at FSU, right. if you went back and dissected them, I bet you eight of those he had to lead in the fourth quarter. Right. right. I mean, you add those eight, you're 17-3 and three at FSU, you're still at FSU. Right. What, I mean, I don't... <laughs> Is it? I mean, maybe it's the players. Maybe it's the style. Yeah, I mean, maybe a mixture. I mean, what was it? The man? I don't know. Was it the man the same at the beginning of the game at the same at the halftime? Because yeah. I mean, you could easily kind of put your guard down. I mean, mm-hmm. but as a coach, you got to understand. You know, it's, it's a four quarter game. Oh yeah, we only for one sure. two of them. We got to finish yeah. strong. You <laughs> yeah. know, that team on the other side, they're gonna keep coming. Oh, it yeah. seemed like a lot of times is when the other team started to make plays. It's like, I don't know. Maybe they felt they can turn it on, turn it off type deal. I don't but know. But then once it's off. It's you know, off. Yeah, there ain't no turning it back on. on. Yeah, so that was, that was a reoccurring thing. You can see if it happened maybe one or two times, but it, was, it happened often. Very often. Yeah. So they got that Nikozi Perry returning yeah. this year. His, his son is the backup quarterback. Right. And I'll say this about Nicole Perry. I really thought when he was at Miami, I thought mm-hmm. he was going to do something. And right. that kid has just not turned into the player that a lot thought that he might end up being. Yeah, he was actually a blue chipper coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, once you hit college. It's a whole different ball whole game. Different ball game. <laughs> you start knowing everybody's blue chippers. Oh, yeah. You know. And they got to worry, too, about their running back situation. They had a running back named Johnny Ford. He transferred from South Florida. He missed the spring this year and could end up missing the season right. due to academic and disciplinary actions. And last year, he was their workhorse. 861 yards on the ground, 280 mm-hmm. yards receiving. I mean, you got to... You got to hope he can get it together and get it figured out because that's going to be a huge loss. And that's going to be a self-inflicted wound. That's not even a, he graduated, he transferred. I mean, right. disciplinary and academic reasons, come on, dude. Be an right. adult. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I read also, I mean, uh, Millie's bringing in, which is a benefit, this transfer portal for a lot of schools. He brought in like 13 transfers. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, to try to build some depth and find find some contributors. Right <laughs> find away. somebody who can help you know, out. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's it's an option. I mean, for a lot of coaches, a lot of them say, you know, right, this year that's the route we're going to take versus building through recruiting, you know, mm-hmm. the high school kids. So he um, did bring in some 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 D1 guys from transfers. I know he brought in that uh, he brought in that uh, Morvin uh, Joseph from Tennessee, which uh-huh. was a pretty solid high chip guy. Yeah, and uh, Jaleel McCray. Um, so he he brought in like three or four different linebackers, kind of help serve that oh, defense okay. a little bit. So I'll um, help out a little bit. Hopefully yeah, they can we, get it online. Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, he 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 has the offense on his level that's been able to produce. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know, that's that's not an issue. It's just sustaining it for yep. four quarters, closing games. You four got quarters, man. It's a four quarter game. If yeah. <laughs> if football was a three quarter game, Willie would be have the highest winning percentage of any. Yeah, or if it was just two quarters, yeah, or first half, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is first half. Oh, he's he's right up there with the best of them. Oh yeah, you know, it's just that second half closing it out. Yep, it's problem. 
All right, we're moving forward. Next thing we got here is Charlotte. Mr. Will Healy in his fourth year. He went 5-7 and seven last year. And this is, again, like I was telling you, I noticed in this conference, they started 5-4. and four. Mm-hmm. We got three games left to win, win one and make a bowl game. Right. And we lost the last three. Right. It's, a, it's a continuous trend in this conference for some reason. But on the high end... They got eight starters returning back on offense next year. Right. And then uh the 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 schedule was roller coaster last year. Mm-hmm. Very roller coaster. Started out first four games, three and one. Yeah. One of those wins was against Duke the first game. Well, hey. D one or D1, power five. And Duke's been one of those teams that's been pretty solid. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll count that. But then after that it kinda They didn't play Vandy? They didn't play Vandy. Kansas? Uh, no. <laughs> no. They played Old, Old Dominion. Uh, I mean, like I said. But Old Dominion won the game. Yeah, course. and I talked about Old Dominion in the right. last episode, right. in case no one heard it yet. Old Dominion didn't play football in 2020. Right. And they started 1-6 and six and won their last five to go to a bowl game. Yeah. So it, it was, Old Dominion was very interesting the more I dug into them. But we're on Charlotte, so... We'll keep it rolling on Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. The last part of the season, man, took a hit. I mean, they started out pretty pretty decent in the first half. Yeah. Um who they lose their last three games to? La Tech, Marshall, and Old Dominion. Mm. Well, Old Dominion was playing for a bowl. Well shoot, so was Charlotte. Yeah. They were playing um, for a bowl game. La Tech, they should have won that game. Right. This year though, they got their fifth year senior, their all time leader in passing, Chris Reynolds coming back. Right. Top two running backs are back. Right. So I I think they can pick up one more win out of those seven losses out there and get to a bowl game I think this year. So. If they can it just start strong like they did before and just kind of sustain it from there mm-hmm. and not have the big drop-off like they did last year. Because, I mean, some of the games, they were, they were still in them. But they, they, they took a risk, though. They took a risk to, of <laughs> losing their last seven games. Yeah. They lost six of them. Mm. The one that they won was in overtime. Wow, they they took they they almost uh. they almost went like over seven the last seven games. Ooh, that's that six. hurt. And 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 was that's when you get in the conference play. You only game short. One game short. Yeah, yeah. So they were right there. They won the first first part of the schedule five games. Yeah, and had well, every opportunity. Games. Yeah, and just win one more. Dang. Yeah. This year they only got six return on defense, mm-hmm. and this is right here. Is why they lost their games. Defense. Last year, defense. They were at the bottom in Conference USA. Points per game, 34 points a game, yep. 11th. Rushing, 204 yards a game, right. 13th. Right. Passing, 261 yards a game, 10th. Total defense, 465 yards a game, 13th. And to go on top of that, minus five in turnover margin. They're lucky they won five games. <laughs> yeah, like I said, early on, maybe maybe teams were trying to figure things out along with them. Yeah, but a good thing they got, though, whatchamacallit, Will Healy said, hey, this defense ain't work. I'm going to bring in a new D.C. You got this guy named Greg Brown. He's got a lot of NFL experience. So I'm not saying he has NFL talent kids, but maybe that will be that wrinkle that – these coaches and these teams in this conference haven't seen before because they do things sometimes a little bit different. I know this; they better not do that man to man only like they do in the NFL. Right. But <laughs> he's got a lot of experience, and I'm pretty sure he's seen a lot of games. Yeah, it's it's going to be probably a little younger next year. He lost his top two tacklers, mm. so that hurts. So yeah, you know. So we'll see. I mean, he can probably scheme some stuff up. Maybe, maybe 
the offense carries. Yeah. More. yeah I can see got, that. They got a lot of production coming back. Oh, yeah, on offense for sure. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they're just hoping that, hey, let's outscore them. There we go. <laughs> All right, so the next team that we got in this conference, in this division, it's the last one in the division. We got FIU, Florida International, Mm. 1-11 last year. That university has turned into a dumpster fire. Just straight up and down. Yeah. It has. I mean, it's before COVID, I think they were on board with Butch Davis Mm -hmm. and everything, and they supported him. Butch Davis had that big win against Miami. Miami. Right. In a baseball stadium where the old Orange Bowl was that he used to coach. I'm telling you, it was so fun. I watched that game. And Bush Davis was more nervous in that game (laughs) than any other big game I ever saw him coach at the University of Miami. He wanted to win that game so bad. And after it's like after that game, that university just gave up on the football team. It's like COVID came around, and then they're like, the hell with it. We don't need football here. He got no support, right. no backing, no help. And they ended up letting him go last year. But I think he was a great coach. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was. But I, who knows? I mean, people have their theories of why they let him go. Because you got to also understand even, and it shouldn't have been a knock on FIU, it's just the fact that, that that Miami job opened up and he did advocate for it. He should have got the Miami job you know, before Diaz did. They could have felt some type of way, you know, after that. Is that oh, 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 hell yeah, oh, they he's did. Looking, I mean, not just with Miami. He could, oh, he's looking around to go. He's looking to go somewhere else. Yeah, but you still got to have. I mean, I got you. Got to have the support for your own school. Right. Regardless, even if you fire them, you don't want to set your school back. And I think that's what they did. And yeah. they were actually trending upwards. They'd had some NFL picks. Yeah, especially now. Especially now with yeah. the way things are really open up with the portal. Mm-hmm. He probably could have built that staff. Or not only staff, but built the uh, roster, roster yeah. you know, through that portal now. I mean, because you. Still probably got well over a thousand kids still in the portal. Oh yeah, way more. And that's for a whole nother discussion. <laughs> but right. but yeah, like I said, I mean it's just like they just all of a sudden gave up on Bush Davis. And it's like once he called them out, mm-hmm. then they're like, Oh nope, we're gonna fire you. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I mean it is I mean granted you can't lose all those games mm-hmm. like he did. I mean, they've lost their last thirteen road games. Their last Yeah, but look what happened last year. Yeah. Exactly. With, with, that, with the coaching change. Yeah, and that's pretty much why they got rid of him. That's pretty much why he left. I right. think he lost that fire once he realized that, oh, I ain't getting no support here. Why am I going to put forth all this effort? Why am I going to go out here and do all right. this? Whenever I say, hey, I need this, I need that, you need this, you got to do that. And they're like, no, we don't care. Yeah, I mean, because you got to consider he's <laughs> he's well-traveled. I mean, Bush has been in the NFL. He's been on awesome um you know, he football built teams. that Miami team that Larry yeah, Coker yeah. won with. All right. Larry Coker did was show up. Right. I mean, then he, he proved it again. He went to <laughs> North Carolina. Yeah. And went to, yeah. Well, he had a little bit of But he built it. But he did build it. That is true. That's the thing. That That's the key. True. Now it's okay to build it that way. But he built it. <laughs> I know, right? Ain't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean. Pete he, Carroll left too early. <laughs> right. I mean, because you got the guy, he's been there. He knows what it takes to build and what you're going to need to build a program. Your thing is to try to get behind him. Or they're saying, well, you know, we just want a, a head coach with some cachet, and then we just kind of play football, but we're not going to invest all that money. Yeah, and it's ridiculous because Florida International is down there by Miami. Right. 
Awesome location. Yeah. So even when Miami was down, I'm not saying FIU is going to get five star players, but I mean you're going to get those three stars. You can mm-hmm. easily. You know what I'm saying? Well, Four stars. Yeah, but he got a benefit just like the Miamis and uh, all the teams down farther in Florida. I mean, but definitely yeah. South Florida to see these kids at younger ages. Yeah. So you you get to see them as they grow up, come through the, the prep schools and, mm-hmm. the, you know, junior highs and things like that. So you see them and you get to know them. And Butch is, man, come on. Butch, Butch is basically from Miami. Oh, yeah. He knows course. the families already. Exactly. He had already <laughs> been there and done that. Right. He was. He was the one that revitalized Miami. Right. So just he give was. him what he need and, you know. Let him work. Yeah, at least he'll be competitive in his conference. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, they've lost 17 straight FBS losses. Their last win was that win against Miami in 2019. Right, right. And then, yeah, last year was a debacle. It's crazy. They won their first game. Yeah, and that's it. That was it. And, that's it. Down and that was man. what? Uh, FCS school. Who was yeah. that against? Uh, is it LIU? LIU? Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that don't count. Yeah, they won that, and then that was it. I don't even know what LIU stands for. <laughs> but uh, at least they beat them. Yeah, but they um, it's crazy because I mean there were there were some some couple games, couple yeah that was still kind of competitive, but yeah, um, but once you once it's done, it's done. Yeah, you know? I mean you can say you know almost doesn't count. Yep, yeah, and I so. kind of saw Butch saw all that on the writing on the wall, right. going into it. Right. So, but this year they got a new head coach, right. Mike McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Some people might know him out west. He from he former coach at San Jose State in Colorado, and he has a way of turning teams around. Right, San Jose State his first year he went one and eleven. His third year he was eleven and two. Mm-hmm. Then he got promoted, got the job over in Colorado. First year, four and eight, which I love Colorado for some reason. Fourth year, Pac-12 championship guy. Can Mike McIntyre turn this around at FIU with this dumpster fire that's going on right now? I think, I think uh, what he's going to do and probably have to do as he assesses the team is lean on um, the strength of the team, and that was his passing game. Yeah, I mean he was third in the conference. And he was 30th nationally. Wow. Yeah. At FIU? At FIU. Wow. Last year? Last year. And I guess it just, you know, they were in that position a lot. Well, also. yeah, if you're behind, just keep <laughs> throwing the ball. Keep throwing. We can't run it. They're, keep throwing they're it. In that, but yeah. they're, they, they had that to be. Jake Bentley issue. <laughs> yeah. So they had to be somewhat effective. You know, uh, uh, not effective, but effective. <laughs> yeah, but, efficient. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, probably being put in that position. But you do have some key pieces coming back. You got your receivers. You got some running backs coming back. So you got pieces there that's coming back to build on. And to me, right now, that's your strength. Well, uh, let me let me ask you this. I don't mean to cut you off. Shoot. But at FIU, is this another position like we've talked in these other preview shows where if there's no support from the administration, it doesn't really matter who the head coach. Yeah, is. it's going it's going to take buy in yeah. from them. Yeah, and but are they there? I I don't know. Or and that's a big, right that's, now. That's can, the billion dollar well, maybe question. can I don't know. Bush it doesn't seem like Bush could, but maybe McIntyre could he come in and reiterate? Oh yeah, what Bush was saying is that hey, we need this. <laughs> yeah, and they're gonna look back and be like, damn, Bush. He, I guess he knew what he was talking about. Uh, right? Yeah. The Miami teams that we all watched in the early two thousand, right. he built that. Right. It wasn't by accident. 
Right. So the next coach is coming in saying, echoing the same thing that he said. It's like, hey, yeah, maybe we need to come up with something. You know, and, and, and it don't have to be a scrabbling. I mean, just and oh, he yeah. understands taking this job and yeah. what the program is. and Well, that, he's, and he's worked at a group of five before right. at San Jose State. So right. maybe he has a different outlook on how to build it at right. that level. Maybe right. Butch was asking too much. Maybe Butch said, hey, maybe he thought he was at the University of Miami. Yeah. And I well, need maybe, maybe he knows, you know, so, there may be some pockets out there. He don't know. <laughs> That I is mean, true. we don't know. There may be some pockets that's tied to that university. Oh, it's a beautiful campus. Right. It is. I mean, they play in a junior high um, football stadium, yeah. but it's a beautiful campus. And they get a bowl game there every year. Yeah. So they may or be. Or no, that's an FAU, my bad. FAU, yeah. So maybe, maybe you know, he maybe he know personally that there are some pockets there. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, these guys, I mean, every coach at some point, they go on tours, you mm-hmm. know, talk to these boosters and things of that nature. Now, they granted, FIU hadn't been established like no, the no, old they're heads. new. Yeah, they're new. You know, I think they, they came around in early 2000s, like 2003, yeah, 2004, yeah, somewhere so, around there. Yeah, so they, you know, they, they alumni probably not as established as strong as some no. of the others. But it's like, look, this is, we don't need all that. We need this. Can you come up with this? Yeah. And it's South Florida, so there's money down there. Right. And players. And players. Oh, yeah. Uh, overabundance. <laughs> That's the thing. We can get players. Yeah. You know, we stay home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Yep. All right. So that wraps up that division. We're going to move on to the next one. And in the next division, we're going to start with UTSA, the defending conference USA champion. Yes. Yeah, beat Western Kentucky last last year, 49-41 in a shootout. Their quarterback, Frank Harris, he's a dual-threat quarterback. He's coming back this year. 3,177 yards, 27 touchdowns, 6 picks. He also had 566 yards and 6 touchdowns on the ground. Right. UTSA went 12-2 last year. And let me ask you this question. Jeff Trailer, 12-2 at UT, UTSA last year. Mm-hmm. This, again, is another coach that I believe if he has another year like this, mm-hmm. I think he's gone. Yep. yep. I, I don't see any way or any how UTSA can save him or keep him, even with him going to the American next year. Right. I don't think that's a big enough jump for a head coach of this caliber. Yeah, they didn't get, they didn't get picked up by the Big 12. No. No. Possibly them going there. Well, they might in a couple of years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. If they gotten that gig, then yeah. yeah. He would have stayed. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you stay in the conference, you get a little more, you know, support, you yeah. know, funding. And he's really done something really good at UTSA. I know mm-hmm. Larry Coker was there in the past. Right. He was whenever they first was starting up. I think that was around 2009, 2008, somewhere around mm-hmm. there. When they become a Division One school and had a football program, and he did all right there, and this Jeff Trailers came in there and he's completely turned it around. Now that just is a sign to me of a good coach. And if I'm one of these mid-level Power Five schools trying to look for a boost, um, especially maybe in the state of Texas, yeah, you go. It's all about that footprint, man. Yeah, I mean, I know the state of Texas right now is pretty solidified with their head yeah. coaches at yeah. the Power Five level. They are either getting a new one or got a very established one, but still, even maybe a different state, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, maybe he can move around. He has roots here. He can recruit here. He's proven to be a winner. Even if he's on the little out on the outside of Texas, but then who knows? There may be a, maybe a, 
Big 12 job opening. Yeah. You know, he's or once saying, all the shuffling gets turned around and they're in the American next year and yeah. they, <laughs> Big 12 said, well, hell, let's just add another Texas team. <laughs> yeah, you never know, man. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you never know how these um, programs will run because there, coaches are getting shorter and shorter leases, mm-hmm. leases right now. So if you're not moving things within maybe three, four years, dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, the one thing I wish UTSA would do is build an actual stadium because right now they play at the Alamo Dome. Yeah. I know, granted, the um, the Spurs don't play there anymore. They have the AT it was the AT and T Center that uh-huh. they play basketball in, but they're playing at the Alamo Dome right now. It's a nice stadium. It is. It's not bad, but it's. I would rather have a on campus, out outdoors, elements type of stadium out there. And uh-huh. I, I kind of wish they would move into that instead of playing in the Alamo Dome. Uh-huh. But we'll just have to see. If, I mean, maybe if they build it up or get a little bigger, maybe they'll decide to go with that. Because you can't, if you build a dome, you can't expand. Right. You're not going to add more seating in the dome. Yeah. You're not going to take the roof off, yeah. put some seats, and put the roof back on. Right. <laughs> you if know, anything, you'll probably lose seats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You will. This year, though, they got to go to UAB. Mm-hmm. They won last year 34-31, right. but they got them at home. All right. So this year, I think that'll be a really big game to look forward to is with them going to UAB because that might actually decide this division altogether. Right. And, but the one thing that they have, I would say, in their advantage that they can build on, every major stat offense, defense, mm-hmm. within the top 10. Majority. Oh, yeah. Majority except one. Except one stat, and that's the uh, pass defense. Okay. They're in the top five. Oh, wow. In the conference? In the conference. Damn. Yeah, I saw that uh, they averaged 36.9 points a game. Right. And that's second in the conference and 11th nationally. Right. So, I mean, and they got eight starters returning from that. Right. With their quarterback being one of them. Hmm. So, I think that would be a really good – I think that number might actually go into about 39, maybe even 40 they might tap into. Right, right. The one good one that I'm definitely looking at now is that turnover margin. Hmm. Where they finish on that? Plus 12. Ding! Five nationally. Wow. Okay. <laughs> See, that's what we say. That's how you win football that's games. That's how you win games. You got to keep possessions. Don't that's, turn the ball over. Take it away. Don't give it away. <laughs> yeah. Here goes a funny story, I'll tell y'all. Shoot. So, their kicker, Jared Sackett, right? Mm-hmm. He was there in 2017 and 2018, right? And I guess he figured, hey... I did what I could do here. I'm going to move on to bigger and greener pastures. So he left. He transferred to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. He ain't get the starting job. Got upset with that. He said, all right, I'm going to go to South Florida. Mm-hmm. With South Florida, he ain't win that job either. Right. Guess where he's at this year? He's back. He's back. Fifth year, he's back. <laughs> he's back. Uh, <laughs> Which, I mean, they'll take him because he was a good kicker while he was here in 17 and 18. Right, only. But Only this right here ought to show some of these kids. Yeah. Hey, just stay the course. Right. Just because you think you might go somewhere else, don't mean you're going to win that job. And right. look what ended up happening. That kid done left for 2019, 2020, and 2021. He's been gone three years. He had to set out one year, and now he's back. And he done wasted pretty much three years of eligibility. Yeah, and probably could have really solidified his stuff in the record books. Yeah. If he had stayed. Oh, yeah. And depending yeah. on how well he might have done, I'm, kickers are hard to get drafted. It's only a handful. Mm-hmm. But might have actually established himself because he would have got the reps, he would have got the kicks, 
to maybe getting a job at the next level. Right. You know? So, but we'll see what UTSA can do well, next year. He, he knows his way around the campus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I've been here before. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so next we're going to move on to UAB. UAB had a very interesting offseason this year. Um, Bill Clark ended up retiring. Mm-hmm. They went 9-4 and four last year. He had to retire due to back issues. And honestly and truly to me, that's a shame. Bill Clark is the was going to be the next coach that I thought would have got pulled from the group of five up to the power five just because of what he's been able to do there. I mean, that what he done at UAB is remarkable. I, I talk about Bill Snyder and what he did at Kansas State was great, and it really has been, and I'll never downgrade that. Right. But what Bill Clark did at UAB, dude, mm-hmm. is, I mean, like I said, I'm just remarkable. There, there's nothing else that you can say about it. In 2014, he went 6-6, six and six, right? Mm-hmm. The administration decides, hey, guess what? <laughs> We're going to cancel our football program. Right. They didn't play football in 2015 or 2016. Then, luckily, due to the players and Bill Clark and everybody and the fans and the alumni and the students pushing for that we need football to come back, comes back in 2017 – Eight and five. Right. Ain't played football in two years. Backdoor is that. 2018, let's go 11 and three. 2019, let's go nine and five. Right. COVID, six and three. Last year, nine and four. I don't give a damn when nobody tells me. Bill Clark is a hell of a coach. And, and I'm looking at, you know, and aware of their stats. It's like UTSA, except for one stat, we're talking offense. Mm-hmm. Rankings in the conference, defense rank in the conference. They're only outside the top ten in one category. That's passing game. Yeah. As far as their defense, they only have the passing game is probably the worst pass uh, area they have on the defense, mm-hmm. and that's fourth in the conference. Yeah. Every other stat, the first in the conference. Yep. And that defensive one that you talk about in passing this year right. is going to be even better right. because they got they got the best secondary in conference USA this year because. They're, they're secondary. They got four seniors coming back. Right. And they returned nine on defense. So, I mean, that defense is going to be solid. Oh, yeah. Defense defense definitely going to be solid. Uh, I mean, because they even pretty much receiving a lot on their um, linebacker court, and at least, and also adding a backer from Alabama, which is only going to solidify the depth even more. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And the good part is when Bill Clark retired is that he was part of the process and promoting and they promoted within that Brian Vincent, the mm-hmm. OC. He told him, hey, all right, look, I got to step down, but I want my man here to run this because he knows how we do stuff. Mm. And the good part is, like I said, it's not good, but I mean, they only returned six starters on offense next year, which isn't that great, but. Just hang with me on this one. They returned their quarterback, Dylan mm-hmm. Hopkins. Top two running backs, Dwayne McBride had 1,371 yards and 13 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Jermaine Brown, 631 yards and seven touchdowns. So they got 2,000 yards and two backs and 20 touchdowns coming back. Right. Then they got their receiver, Trey Shorpshire. Mm-hmm. This dude averaged 26 yards of reception. Mm. And seven touchdowns. So, they only got six coming back on offense, but they got pretty damn good six coming back. Mm. <laughs> mm. 
And like you was talking about with their defense being top in the conference, right. they got eight starters coming back from that. Yeah, defense keeping the games. Yeah. So, I mean, that's I, I can see them making a really deep run this year. Right, right. And uh, they went, what, 9-4 last year, mm-hmm. including a bowl game, two losses in the conference. They don't seem to be af- afraid to either play anyone. I mean, I mean, or, or be afraid to play anybody. I mean, whether Power 5 or not. But Man. they had Georgia last year, and then they got LSU this year, replacing mm. with them. So, Heck um, yeah. I think that's pretty solid. Yeah, but yeah, the game that really cost them was that UTSA game. Right. You know right. a little bit about that, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't just cost them; it cost me. <laughs> We're gonna run that thing back this year, right? I'm, I was rolling with UAB on that one. <laughs> hey, that's how the ball bounces sometimes. Sometimes that's how it goes. Shoot. Sometimes you go for it on fourth and short instead of putting it. <laughs> I mean, just get the first down, game's over. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So moving on to our next team, we got here. We got North Texas. Their head coach, Seth Luttrell, he's in his seventh year. They went 6-7 and seven last year. Um, Seth Luttrell, his name had been coming up a lot around a bunch of different Power 5 hirings and stuff like that. They right. threw his name around. I don't know if maybe his agent had him do that mm-hmm. so he can get a little extra bread or what's going on. But I'll tell you this. I know last year, starting 1-6, <laughs> Seth Luttrell was scared for his job. Right. But the good thing that ended up happening was he ended up winning his last five and got to a bowl game. Right. So at least they got it turned around again. Once again, this is one of those teams that we was talking about. They either start bad and then turn it on, or they start good and then they turn it off. It's in, The Conference USA is a conference of streaks. <laughs> yeah. Um, returning. <laughs> but the key, key position, they have a returning quarterback. Um, and I'll let you kind of get in that also. You got it. But, uh, you know, okay, I'll get into it. It, it, it was six years as outfield for the Yankees uh-huh. in the organization. Damn, how old is he? He's on 29 in September. <laughs> Good Lord. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, he should 29? be. 29? Second, third contract in NFL, you think? Oh, yeah, at least, yeah, well, yeah, oh, oh, 29, oh, no, third, hell, third. he'd be damn near retired. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If he was a running back, he only got one more year left. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, he's coming back, and, and hopefully he can build off of the end of last year, because they went on I a hot so. streak. Went on a hot streak last year, so now we're going we're gonna to continue, try to continue off of that. You Crazy know? part is he's right. only a junior. <laughs> right, he's going to be... Will he be the first 30-year-old? I don't know. How if old was Winky? <laughs> I know Winky was pretty old. Wasn't yeah. he like 28? I think Winky was like 28. Yeah, I don't think he hit 30. I don't think he hit 30. Yeah, but to go he 30. Did. Yeah, we'd have to look that up. Who's the oldest division Man. one? Because this dude right here, he pretty damn close to getting there. <laughs> yeah. He would have He would have been in college. <laughs> I've been in college where some of these kids were probably entering high school. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. At 29, he's an incoming freshman at 18 years old. He's 11 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So when he entered, whatchamacallit, when he entered college, they were starting like first grade. Uh, Wow. Ain't that something? Yeah. They were a six year old. (laughs) Some of these players he playing with probably old enough to be his son. (laughs) Close, yeah. Close. (laughs) Even close. 
That is crazy. But yeah, I mean, if they can build off of last year mm-hmm. and and kind of uh, you know stabilize that thing through the, the the year, I think they'll be solid. Pretty much the same schedule for the most part as last year. Here goes something for yeah. you. So Seth Luttrell, he's from the air raid background, right? True. Worked under Mike Leach and all them. And last year, he led the conference and was fifth nationally mm-hmm. in rushing. I see that. So that's why that's my thing is the first part of the season where they're still trying to figure out their identity. They might they have were, been. You know, and then they say, hey, we've found something in the run game. Let's lean uh-huh. on it. So obviously, because I mean, to finish fifth nationally, mm-hmm. you know, of course, he had to lean on it. That's a lot. A lot of part a lot of, of running yards. That's a lot. And, and that's what I'm saying. Maybe maybe the first part of the year they're still trying to figure things out, you know, not just with the you know the identity, but I mean they, could, they had a new quarterback. Maybe trying to put the ball in his hands. Yeah, let him well, toss it a little bit. Doing that right there, Mike Re- Mike Leach is going to take his air raid card. You're right. no longer allowed to be in the air raid offense. Yeah, twenty seven point five. If you're rushing the ball fifth nationally, I mean Mm-mm. you you're about last in passing. Yeah, in the conference as an air raid. Yeah. First, that's what I'm saying. I think that, I think mm. he was trying to figure out his identity, trying to go with that, but just kind of figured out my strong suit my run game. The crazy part is they return four starters on the O line next year, right? So they're gonna go keep back going back to that they're run game. Go with that and just work yeah. off of that. Maybe change it up a little bit though, you know, and not just being the uh, yeah we got shotgun a, so much. <laughs> we got a thirty year old quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean the run game is gonna open up the play action. If you, oh yeah, you make a decision to kind of change the old, you know offense up a little bit. Yeah, the good thing too, and I, I think they'll continue to run it because right now they're running with a three headed monster at running back. Right, they got Ragsdale, Adai, and Johnson. Last year they combined for fourteen hundred yards and sixteen touchdowns, and then they get another running back back who tore his ACL last year, Oscar Adway. Mm-hmm. So and to me, it kind of looks like Seth Latrells went away from this air raid background and said, I, "I ain't got the players for it, so I'm gonna run it." Which is an attest to him as a coach to right. not be stubborn and just stick with what he's been doing and continue to beat his head up against the wall and make a change and stick with it. Right, and, but also I think that run game will probably help him long term as far as staying in games. Mm-hmm. You know. Because if you're controlling the clock, running the ball, yep. I mean, you can kind of somewhat control the game, which is which is ironic. His points per game mm-hmm. offense were the same as points per game that he gave up. Oh wow! <laughs> and that's how you go six and seven. That's how you about go five hundred. About five hundred, you're giving up <laughs> just as much as you score. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, which is crazy because it's ranked seventy-seven, seventy-seven for the offense, but seventy-nine for the defense. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So, you know, 50 50 chance of winning. <laughs> yep, man. That's what he did. He won 50%. That's it. <laughs> All right. Next school we got here is UTEP. 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 Dana Dimmel. I don't know if a lot of you know about him, but he's in his fifth year at UTEP, and he was actually the offensive coordinator at Kansas State under Bill Snyder. Right. Which makes a lot of sense when you start to look at their roster, is he's built this team back up. Through the JUCO route, right. not the transfer portal, but the actual JUCO route. Right. They actually went seven and six last year. It was their first bowl game since 2014 for UTEP, which is amazing for them. Mm-hmm. And once again, this is another Conference USA team. Started six and one, finished one and five. Right down the stretch. I, so this is what I'm gonna do next year. 
<laughs> when I look at Conference USA teams, who whatever they are, halfway point, I'm gonna expect the complete opposite out, <laughs> out of them the second half. Hey, Amen. Some of them turn the switch off, and some of them turn them off. Uh, Vegas wouldn't like for you to make that prediction right now. No, I so bet you they brought would. some to people's attention. Yeah, yep. So now they're like, <laughs> "Hold on, you know what? I didn't realize that." Right. Yeah, that's how you get a lot of seven and six, six and seven, right. five and seven, seven and five schools. Is you go one way or the other. That's it. They weren't good at, at the end of the season, man. <laughs> Is it one in? One in five. One in five. Yeah. One in five. Yeah, it's like they got six wins to get to a bowl game. First one in eight years, and they're like, all right, let's celebrate. Or seven years, they start celebrating, and Jack just gave up on the rest That's of the crazy, year. Man. They actually got up, I want to say, to like number 15 or number yeah. 17 in the country last year. And then, but this was their first winning season since 2014. They won. Now, this is just so funny, and a lot of people won't think that this means much or nothing, but. They won two road games last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a lot because they were three and twenty-seven the previous five years on the road, right? And they had actually lost twelve of their last thirteen road games before winning those two road games last year. Dana Dimmel, he's been he he wasn't given the best hand whenever he took over UTEP. Right when he took over, they came off a zero and twelve year, and then he's just been chipping away, chipping away, building, yeah. yeah. One yeah. and eleven, one and eleven, three and five, right. seven and six. I mean, that's that's how you get back. You just gotta chip away. It looks like the kids he's bringing in seem to be like they can play pretty good ball. Yeah, yeah, and I think he uh, hopefully he he gets better quicker. I mean, because <laughs> <laughs> it don't get much easier. No, I mean, because you had a team like okay, beat up a last year. And I'm looking at it. I think he replaces Bethune um, with another Power 5 team, which is Oklahoma. Mm. Um, yeah, that ain't never easy. No, no. <laughs> so, yeah, they're just going to try to duplicate what you did at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. and try to sustain it near the end. Yep. And that's just that's keep what the I'm momentum saying. going. Right, because, there, I mean, there were several games that was down the stretch that were close. They just didn't close them out. They lost a three to Florida Atlantic and lost three to North Texas. Yeah, and maybe that's where, because like I was looking at, you see their defense is in the top half of the country and top right. fifty nationally. Right, and yeah. then and then top five every category in the uh, in the conference. Yeah, and then but the offense is at the bottom. Why is that? Minus uh, minus eleven in turnover margin. Yeah, one twenty six in the country, <laughs> and that will do it. That'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> So hopefully they can lean on their defense and they can force some more turnovers. They got eight returning starters next year. But, yeah, that minus 11, that's a little something we got to work on. You got to help your defense, man. And 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 that's crazy. And the defense still would rank pretty decent. Yeah. So that means they must turn the ball over a lot. That's a lot of turnovers, man. (laughs) And and then a lot of times it's not even about – a lot of turnovers is where you turn it over. Exactly. That, too. Yeah. That has a lot to do with it, too. Right. All right. So, our next team we got here is Rice. Rice went 4-8. and eight. They got a Mike Bloomgren. He's in his fifth year. He was so close to making a bowl game last year and missed it by two games. All right. He lost two games in overtime. Mm. Against North Texas, he lost 24-30. to 30. And at Charlotte, he lost 24-31. to 31. Right. But... Once again, 
this is what we look at. The more I dig into it, I think he's actually lucky he ended up 4-8. and eight. Look at where their offense and defense ranked within mm. the conference in the nation mm. last year. Right. I mean, near the bottom outside of their, their again, the rushing attack, which is in the top 10. Mm-hmm. But every other category is near the bottom. Yeah. Offense yeah. and defense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't move the ball much and we give up a lot. Yeah. And then you're still in the negative with turnover margin and, you know. Mm-hmm. Right near the bottom in the nationally in 87. So. Yeah. And right now they got a three-man race for their starting quarterback position, mm-hmm. which is going to be interesting to see how that turns out and plays out. Four wins at Rice, I guess, really isn't that bad. But <laughs> I believe they're trending in a downward position. Right. Not just because of what they're doing or who or, or how their offense or defense is playing. But, dude, look at their schedule. Ask, at USC. I see that. At Houston. Yeah. At Western Kentucky. And then you get UTSA and UAB at home. There's five right there. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> So you're telling me you're going to go 6-1 and one the rest of the year? Mm-hmm. I don't see that happening at Rice. Yeah, because two, two of the wins that they won last year mm-hmm. were out of conference games that they don't have this year. Mm. See, that's going to be even more difficult. Yeah, which, which was Texas Southern. They beat Texas Southern and yeah. they beat Southern Miss. But they did beat UAB. Oh. Yeah, that was one of the losses. Yeah, that got me. Wow. At yeah. UAB. At UAB. Wow. Yep. Oh, hey, they stood up. They're going to have to do it again because UAB come to bring that heat this year to Rice. Yeah, but to to, to lose Texas Southern and, and, and Southern Miss and place them with USC and Houston? <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, you only won four <laughs> last year. Yeah. Yeah. So you and you got to go to USC and to Houston? Yeah, and you got to turn around in conference because they beat La Tech and they beat UAB, yeah. which who knows can happen again or you know, pick them up somewhere else. But – those two teams are going to remember that last year. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Here goes a little tidbit about Rice that I didn't realize until the other day. Did you know that they have a safety named Gabe Tyler? He's a sophomore. He's actually Sean Taylor's little brother. Mm. Yeah. He's at, Sean Taylor's little brother is playing safety at Rice. And last year against Louisiana Tech, on November 27th, he had the game ceiling pick on the 14th anniversary of his brother's death. Right, right. Now, for for those that don't know Sean Taylor, just kind of elaborate a little bit. Man, that man right there, that, I would say, mm, probably the only other safety that I saw play, and I don't think he hit as hard as Sean Taylor, right. would probably be Ronnie Lott. Right. Yeah. That Sean Taylor was a Beast. Right. Oh man. I oof. I get chills just thinking about it. That dude right shot, man. That dude was a baller. Yeah, definitely. Hit like a truck. If you don't know who Sean Taylor is and you don't know how hard Sean Taylor hits, I want you to go on YouTube and look up Sean Taylor's hit on punter in the Pro Bowl. Right. And ask me how that guy got up. Right. Now Sean <laughs> Taylor, um, you can go elaborate a little more. His college career and his professional career where he played that Man. way. People. That hit he had at Florida State. Right. I thought he damn near killed that kid. Right. When he when that kid come across the middle, he mm-hmm. 
took him out in the in the FSU Miami game. Right. I mean, if you think about it, on that 01 team, he was a freshman playing on special teams. Mm-hmm. That's how talented that team was. And what he did at both levels, oh, ball hawking too. Oh, definitely. He could cover anybody. Right. And he could hit like hit like a truck. Right. He could. I mean, it I love what that that was my man right there. I love watching Sean Taylor play. You remember? Right. You remember Sean Taylor? Oh, of course. <laughs> I mean, to explain to the people, I mean, I think everybody who's probably listening, every team would probably appreciate a player like a Sean Taylor being on their team. Mm-hmm. Um, that he policed. I mean, the whole secondary. Oh yeah. Um, at the University of Miami, and then he went on to play for you know, Washington Redskins. So, yeah. um, some of you may know him from more playing career than. Yeah, and from a college career, but yeah, the dude, man, we talking potential Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, hands down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not just he talking about a... some college kid. No, no, we talking Hall of Famer. So that most most of us will probably appreciate um, mm-hmm. all the Hall of Famers that that kind of um, play this game. And some some would <laughs> I don't know how how you may look look at him um, after that uh, punter hit, but. Um, <laughs> most would, most, most, well, most would say probably played the game the right way. He was just violent. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> control chaos right. is what I would say. Right, he did. Like you say, violent football is a violent sport. Right, and I think with these new rules, <laughs> yeah, he, especially in college. If yeah. he played in college right now, he wouldn't play half his games. Yeah, because I don't think a lot of the rules. Uh, or the calls. I'm no, saying. and that's the thing. That's a, lot a, call. of the calls. a lot of calls are a bunch of BS. Yeah, just exaggerated because it's, it, it's violent. It's a hard hit. Mm-hmm. He's just assuming. Yeah, he that came is a in dirty hit. hit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, you can you can lay the wood on somebody yeah. and be clean the right way. Yeah, just yeah. do it right, and yeah. he did it right. Yeah, he did. I never seen him spear anybody. I always seen him wrap up, and he just he he ran through like you wasn't even there. Right, right, <laughs> and it's one of those deals. I mean, with with him. Um, because you mentioned fast, also, I mean, because the game it happens so fast, mm-hmm. and then you got you got to consider that you know a guy may see him out the corner of his eye. Ooh, I would. And, <laughs> nope. <laughs> and he may he may make an adjustment or what you call a business decision. a business decision. Yeah, because I damn sure would. I'd right. be like, oh nope. Right. Corey be like, well, you ain't going to dive after the ball. Right. Man, you, you you run yourself out there, at Sean Taylor, right. and watch him kind of let him come hit you. Right. So how we got into that, of course, is you know his little brother <laughs> plays for Rice. So yeah, um, I'm not sure if you're going to notice that when Rice plays, but no, but it's something to look forward to. Right. And I wouldn't be surprised. He had three interceptions last year. Right. He's not quite the size, the statue. I want to say he's maybe about five nine. Mm-hmm. He is. He doesn't have that. I want to say Sean Taylor is more about what six two, six three. Yeah. About two thirty, yeah. Uh, probably a <laughs> linebacker playing safety. Yeah, four three forty. Yeah, hit like a truck. Once in a lifetime. If y'all hadn't got a chance to watch him, just Google his highlights, YouTube his highlights, and, right. and look up Sean Taylor. Rest in peace, Sean Taylor. You right. was a legend, homie. So, all right. Well, that'll wrap up Rice for us, and let's move on to the last team that we got here in the division is Louisiana Tech. Our Tech. I love their hire. Sonny Cumbie, mm. first year at La Tech. Right. I, I I love Sonny Cumbie. He's he's. I think Sonny Cumbie in this whole, excuse me, in this whole air raid tree or whatever. Mm-hmm. I will, I believe he is probably one of the most underrated. I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah, Mike Leach gets the respect that he deserves. 
And Cliff gets the respect that he deserves being in the NFL. And, you know, like, you have your little disciples and stuff like that, like the Seth Luttrells and everything. And Sonny Dykes, Mm -hmm. you know, he gets the respect that he deserves and stuff like that. But just Sonny Cumbie, I just don't think, gets the respect that he deserves. And maybe this is the opportunity that he needs to get that type of respect because I think he's a hell of a coach. Right. They went three and nine. They lost nine of their last ten road games. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a funny stat that I saw when I was looking this up. They got a two man battle for the quarterback position. Right. Matt Downing from TCU. Right. Parker McNeil from Texas Tech. Right. Both of them are fifth year transfers. Right. Sonny Cumbie coached both of them. Right. I saw that <laughs> when he was at TCU and then when he was at Texas Tech in that short. Yeah. In that so short they both stand. know the system. Oh, yeah, and they both know him. Mm-hmm. And would one of them, would both of them stay? Because he's got to pick one. He's not going to play both. Yeah, but you said, uh, but I'm wondering. Okay, so they're fifth-year transfers. Mm-hmm. So this is their last year. Both of them. Yeah. That's what I was saying. I was checking to see if one had an option of possibly. I mean, they might, depending on, like I said, it's hard to keep track of what damn class these kids are with the COVID and the four-year, or the four-game red shirt and all that other craziness. Either way, they're both fifth-year seniors. But then, there again, though, it puts puts pressure on whoever wins the starting position. Mm -hmm. They went three and nine last year. Yeah. So, you can't win two, three games, and then it's like, okay, he's going to give the other guys an opportunity. Oh yeah, of course. So it's a, it's it's an ideal position for both because whoever wins the opposition, okay, you get the nod. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the guy who's sitting back saying, "Okay, if he don't produce, yeah, I'm up next." Yeah, and I think that's actually a luxury that Sonny Cumbry has. Right. One because they're both in their fifth year; they already transferred, so nobody's going to leave. Because mm-hmm. if you leave, you're going to have to sit out a year and lose a year of eligibility, which I don't believe that they might not have, or even if they do get one more year, mm-hmm. who wants to hang around that damn long? Yeah. And if one goes down, I don't think there's going to be much of a drop-off in quarterback, like there is at a lot of other schools, where, okay, if our starter goes down, mm-hmm. oh, our backup, he's okay, but he ain't ready. Yeah, Both of these kids right here plug and play. So if one goes down, you just put the other one in, and I, I think... I mean, it will cause some controversy down the way, depending on how the one's doing once the other one gets healthy and everything like that. But, I mean, you, you cross that road when you get there. Sonny Cumbie's trying to win games. Yeah, so th- this is the thing, I think, uh, with this team, what he's probably going to do, uh, mm-hmm. considering um, where the defense ranked last year, he's going he's gonna to try to put some points up. He's oh, got, yeah. He's got to. Oh yeah, you know? that twenty eight points per game. Yeah, no, they're going. I mean, they're going to blow he, that out of the water. He's brought some. He's brought some dudes in to help, but it's not about just a couple guys. Mm-hmm. You, you need a lot of guys on defense. Oh um, yeah. So it's it's going to take them a little time to probably uh, to build that up a little bit. Yeah, they um, got that Scott Power from Stephen F. Austin. That's the new DC. Right. That Sonny Cumbie hired. Right. And like you said, he brought some players from Stephen F. Austin and some transfers in too to help him. Yeah, and um, and I'm noticing also he's running a three three five defense. Yeah, well, so, I mean, hell, everybody going to the air raid offense in Conference USA might as well. Yeah, but <laughs> there again, it's a risk because we did 
run off some teams that run the ball. Oh, yeah. No, North Texas? <laughs> oh, yeah. You see what I'm They're going to pound the rock. There's some teams in here yeah. that's, that's actually going to run the ball. So, 3 3 five is not to your benefit in mm-hmm. that situation. But, no. um, yeah, I, th- I think that's what he's, he's probably going to plan on doing. He's got he's going to have a couple familiar guys as far as quarterbacks at the helm, mm-hmm. run the offense. And their top two receivers are back. Right. And they got that LSU transfer. Right. So, I mean, they what, fourth last year in the conference in passing? Oh, okay. It was ranked fourth. So, I mean, oh, they, they had something improve going. on that. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> they, they had something going. They had yeah. something going there. So, but yeah, until they actually shirked that defense, which wasn't too bad last year as far as the turnover margin, minus one. That's not bad. You and know, you can grow off of that. Right. It's minus one and, you know, ranked 74th overall. But I think what he's going to try to do, man, um, and position himself, put the points up, yep. force other teams to to throw the ball also. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the three three five can be affected. Exactly. Yeah. That is so true. Well, all right, everybody. That wraps up all the teams in Conference USA. So we're going to go ahead and move on to our Players of the Year. All right, my Offensive Player of the Year. I got is that Dwayne McBride running back from UAB. I think he's going to have a really good year. I think UAB is going to have a really good year, and I think they're going to rely a lot on that run. I think they're going to use him. They're going to jump out. They're going to get the lead, and they're going to use him to seal the game and lock the game down. Last year, he had 1,371 yards and 13 touchdowns. And like I said, they got another running back that had pretty good yardage and touchdowns, but I think this guy right here is really going to take the reins this year and say, you know what? Nope, this is my job. Right. And I think he's going to end up doing that. Right. Taz, who you got? I went with Frank Harris, a returning starter. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, UTSA, man. UTSA mm-hmm. is probably one of – and I well, we'll get to that later, um, where I think they're going to be as far as in the conference. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, over 3,100 yards passing, 27-6 ratio TD to, to interception. Mm. I think he'll improve on that this year. I mean, they actually got some guys coming back to help that offense out. So, yeah, I'm looking. Probably Frank's probably going to man it, barring injury. Yeah. I think he'll be there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he could get that number up to about 35, probably. Right. Right. All right, so moving on, let's look at our defensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year is a guy I mentioned earlier. And, like I say, he's kind of a sneaky guy from Middle Tennessee State. Uh, Jordan Ferguson. Hmm. Last year, nine sacks, seven and a half tackles for loss, and 14 QB hits. So I think he's, like I said, it sucks. I love D-linemen, but you can scheme and chip and everything else with defensive linemen. I hope people realize and watch the games and don't just look at stats and see the difference that he's making that's going to end up helping that team next year. Right. So maybe he'll put up similar stats and maybe we're the only ones that noticed, <laughs> which I doubt. You never but know. You never know. <laughs> so Taz, who you got going on with your defensive player of the year? I went with the returning starter of uh, one of the top teams in the league, which is that Noah Wilder, uh, middle linebacker, at 9-3 tackles last year, four and a half um, tackles for loss. Pretty much a four-down linebacker. Oh, so yeah. he's going to be on the field all the time. Man, uh, probably one of the better defenses in the conference. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, no, they do. I think have the top defense in the, co- in the yeah, conference, hands yeah. down. I mean, considering that only one, you know, which was pass defense was um, that wasn't ranked number one in the conference. Yeah, and every other <laughs> stat, pretty major stat, I would yep. say. 
they were ranked number one overall. Yeah, and like I said, their passing defense, they got four returning seniors. So they'll sure that up this year for sure. Right. And they were what plus two last year as yep. fortunate on my oh yeah, that's gonna increase. They're gonna build that up. Yeah. Right. Cause my running back ain't gonna drop the ball and your linebacker is <laughs> gonna force turnovers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, well that's our players of the year in conference USA. We're gonna bounce over to our games to watch. First game I put on here is UCF at Florida Atlantic, September 17th. Mm. I think that's a pretty good in-state rivalry game. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Uh, of course, uh, we mentioned before, FAU, Willie Coach team, don't have a concern with them in the first half. No. I'll, I'll, I'll make the call right here. Yeah. Willie will have the lead at the half against Gus. Oh, oh yeah. I, I ain't going to say he'll win the game, but right. he'll have the lead at the half against Gus. Right. Yeah, they and they're 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 the home team, and I think they'll be excited for that one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just can that team, yeah, a really coach team, play four quarters exactly, and that's what we're going to look forward to this right. year. Right. <laughs> All right. Next game I got on here is Louisiana Tech at Clemson, mm. September same day, September seventeenth. Right. Good one. I like that one because of Sonny Cumbie. I just wish maybe it was. I wish he was there more than maybe two games before that. Right. Because I think that offense, Sonny Cumbie can scheme a game plan to score against that Clemson defense, I believe. Yeah. Now, will they get the protection? Do they have the athletes? Probably not. Game plan-wise, what he calls would beat Clemson. Right. But then there again, also, with a Sonny Cumbie team, would they bring their defense, and and that's that's a concern that they're having right now. Well, I mean that <laughs> that, <laughs> that Clemson quarterback, like I said, I ain't sold on. I mean they'll probably run it down their throat. I think, well, they have an option. Game. They have a backup just in case he doesn't work out. Yeah, we talked about that. I yeah. think that Clay Kubak should be the right. one starting. But. Right. <laughs> All right. Next game we got here. We got Rice at Houston, September twenty fourth. Mm. Love that game. I will be watching that this game. This is your game. That you, is my game. You take this one. <laughs> Come on, Rice. Seven miles away, you over there in the med center. Come to the third ward. Meet me at Scott and Cullen. And we're going we're gonna to beat you over here in Houston. Yeah. We are. And we're going to win that Bayou Bucket. And we're going to drink out the Bayou Bucket. Yeah. That was probably one of the favorite things I ever did was drinking out of the Bayou Bucket in 2009 when we beat Rice. Hmm. And we got the bucket, and we got it here, and we beat them in in Houston. Right. So, (laughs) and if we don't win the game, they'll rob you in the parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the third war at Houston, Texas. Come on, Rice. You know what it is. You don't want none of this. (laughs) All right, so... And the next game I got on here is UAB at Liberty, September 10th. I think that's going to be a really sneaky good game. Really really good game. You're talking mm-hmm. Hugh Freeze offense versus uh, UAB defense. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah, he can, he, can, he, can, he can scheme, put points up. That's going to be a really good one. And that's early in the year. I'm kind of wondering what Liberty's quarterback is going to look like and everything. Right. Now, we'll break that down when we talk about the independence and everything. Mm-hmm. And they'll be in Conference USA next year. UAB won't be, but they will be. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be that'll be strength versus strength mm-hmm. next year. All right. The next game I got here, I got UAB at Western Kentucky. Right. I think that's going to be a really interesting mm-hmm. game. Like the same thing. Strength against strength. Strength against strength. There you got UAB's there. defense against mm-hmm. Western Kentucky's offense. And... 
we're just going to have to see who can pound it out and win it. That's October 21st. Right. And there's a couple of times UAB didn't, uh, they didn't pull it off on the road. So there was a couple of their, their losses right there. So yep. um, they just got to be able to travel. Yep. I mean, defense. Defense will travel. Defense travel. Yep. It's and I think, it, I think it really will too. Yeah. And next one we got here, and I think this is going to be a really good game. Is Houston at UTSA September third? Right. UTSA, like I said, what that head coach is doing there, it's he's one good, one more good year away from being a Power Five coach. Mm. And Houston in that game, going to UTSA out in San Antonio, it's only two and a half hours away. You you better bring your A game because they can put up points. Now it's same coaching tree. Mm, no, no, I don't believe. No. Okay. Yeah, but Houston better bring the A game because you mess around and think, oh, this is UTSA, we're going to cakewalk in here. This is a top 10 offense in the country for a reason. Right. So, and they got that quarterback coming back. Don't don't go walking in there lightly. You better come in there, put your foot on the throat, and end the game quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this team right here was a beast last year. And they, mm-hmm. they looking to continue that. I mean, like I said, we talked about it earlier. Yep. The returning starters that they have. Exactly, and they get a lot of their good games at home because the next game I got on here, October 8th, is Western Kentucky goes to UTSA. Right. Same thing. Mm-hmm. If you're going to beat UTSA, you better come in and come correct. Right, right. That's later in the year. It's October. Yep. <laughs> and here goes another one earlier in the year I think will really be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been more interesting last year than this year, but Western Kentucky goes to Indiana. Mm-hmm. Is that Indiana head coach, I believe his job's on the line. Well, so, it would be on the line if he lost his game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's already because of the expectations last year, come in as a top 15 school and win two games last year, I think he won. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can't come out and lose to a group of five Western Kentucky team that lost their quarterback and all that. Mm-hmm. Now, now, is that an early game? Yeah, September 17th. Okay, so yeah. Yep. Yeah, that can go out of the way with it being an early game. Mm-hmm. And then the last one we got on here is November 5th. UTSA and Might UAB. Be a preview. Maybe Could a preview. be. Could be a preview game. So who is going to go to the conference championship? And this year is at UAB. Right. So that right there can make a big difference. I hope mm-hmm. it's a night game. That'd be really cool. Yeah. But all right, everybody. That's the games that we got to look forward to. Like I said, pretty. the more I dug into it, there was actually some more interesting games than what I thought there would be in Conference USA, honestly and truly. So I think that really worked out pretty well for the conference. Um, we're going to break down our standings here, and I'll go ahead and get it started on how we think these teams are going to finish, and then we'll do our conference championship game and who we got winning it. So, finishing number one, I got UAB. I think they're going to have a really good year this year. UTSA, like I said earlier, you better you better come correct. Number three, Western Kentucky. I think they'll get their offense back on track. Number four, UTEP. I think what they got coming back, they can win one or two, three, four more games. So, I think they're going to have another pretty good year. I like what that head coach is doing. Number five, I got Louisiana Tech. I love Sonny Cumbie. I think he's going to really get that offense flowing. Next at sixth, I got North Texas. That's Seth Luttrell. I think the running game is going to help him a lot. Seven, I got Willie. Mm-mm. Willie, you got to close games for me. 
Right. <laughs> and then number eight, I got Middle Tennessee State, which is another reason why I'm kind of concerned about my defensive player of the year because I don't think they're going to get much TV time. Number nine, Charlotte. They're moving in the right track. They could probably get back to a bowl game, pick up a win here, a win there. Number 10, Rice. Like I said, they got a really tough schedule. And the only thing that kept Rice from being at the bottom is that Florida International is a complete and total dumpster fire. Right. <laughs> so that's how you got them finishing up this year. All right, I went. Uh, my top team's going to be UAB also. All right. Um, <laughs> I actually went with the three OCs as number two. Okay, the three OCs. <laughs> the three OCs of Western Kentucky. <laughs> um, granted, they did lose the OC last year. Quarterback had record numbers last year. Actually, it was a close game um, with my third team, which is UTSA. That game was like 50 246. Mm. Back and forth game. Nice. But we'll see. What, That's like a Big Ten game. We'll see what we have. We got three OCs now versus yeah. two. So yep. we'll see if that makes a difference. <laughs> but my fourth team, though, actually, uh, I think I went with Willie on that one. Okay. I think Willie, Willie, like like we said, Willie, Willie's a first half coach. He can win that first half. Mm-hmm. Questionable second half. Sometimes don't get far enough to win the game. But I'm going to lean on Willie this year, uh, bringing in, of course, um, some depth, 13. Mm. Transfers in mm. now. Granted, all thirteen may pan, may not pan out. All the thirteen may not play, but he <laughs> will get some contributors out of those thirteen. True. All right, my fourteen. I went with UTEP. I think they'll probably solidify some things. And most of these teams, like I said, the issues a lot of times is sustaining that defense part of it. Turnover margin. Turnover big time, dude. You know, but that's that's offense and defense. Defense stand out there, man. True. Trying to, Trying to gas for air. Uh, my next team, North Texas. I got finishing uh, at six, followed by La Tech and uh, Middle Tennessee State, followed by my Charlotte team, Rice and FIU. So um, those three last uh, pretty much kind of ran a, a similar record last year. Yeah, could have been flip flop. Mm-hmm. You know, it just kind of depends on uh, you know some of the coaching staff what adjustments and changes they make. So. Yeah, um, our last four, we got the exact same. Right, right. <laughs> Middle Tennessee State, Charlotte Rice, and FIU. Right. <laughs> All right, so who you got playing in the championship game? I have UAB and Western Kentucky, which I'm rooting for Kentucky. I mean, because they easily, UTSA, that's going to be a game that's going to make the difference right there of who I think is going to play UAB in the championship. So mm-hmm. that's one to watch, Western Kentucky, UTSA. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they oh. play that one. Earlier in the year, when did we say that was? October eighth, Western Kentucky. October eighth, yeah, kind of like UTSA. Yeah, kind of halfway through the year. So, yep. So yeah, and it's uh, it's on the road. So Western Kentucky, you're gonna have your hands full. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yep. You know, so so yeah, I'm choosing uh, UAB to win that one. All right. Yeah, and I got the same. I got UAB, but I got them playing UTSA. Probably only because that game's at UTSA would be the only reason and rhyme I could give you for it. Right. And I got the same thing. I got UAB winning. I don't. I don't see any of these teams beating UAB in the conference this year. I think they have a really solid team, a number one defense. It's going to be really hard to knock off UAB. Right. Yeah. You, your offense got to travel because their defense going to travel. Exactly. Every day. Right. <laughs> well, all right, everybody. That wraps up the Conference USA episode that we got. Taz, thank you for joining. Coming back to us. No problem, we missed man. Missed you in Good the last one. Yeah, man. We missed you in the last one. 
So, all right. Well, our next one that we're going to end up doing is going to be about the Mountain West. And like I said, we're going to do the Mountain West. We're going to do the MAC. And then we're also going to do the Independence. And then we got our top 25 one coming up. So right. hopefully next Sunday we'll have the MAC and the Mountain West ready for y'all. And then on August 14th, we'll do our Independent and top 25 one. And then on the 21st, we'll do Week Zero Preview. And then y'all know what it is. It's football season, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> but like I said, I want to thank everybody. Keep pushing the download button. Keep liking us. Keep following us. Like I said, the one we had last week, I don't know what happened. I was gone. I was on vacation. I looked, and then it just went berserk. So let's keep it rolling, y'all. Keep sir. it up. Love y'all. Let's go, man. Yeah. Taz, you got anything for the people? Uh, that's, that's about it, man. Um, I'm hoping everybody's excited as we are, man, getting ready for this season. Um, it's coming fast. Very fast. It's, it's almost fast. here, everybody. It's fast. So hopefully, uh, you know, some of your teams out there, man, um, I'm not sure who everybody's rooting for, but hopefully your team uh, does well, at least improves. <laughs> You know, it's we all got hope right now. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of movement. So you know, new quarterbacks, new coaches, things of that nature. So, yep. but sometimes you know, just just be patient. Sometimes it takes time to build. That's it. You know, so we just roll with the punches. <laughs> That's it. Well, all right, everybody. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see y'all next Sunday. Peace. Peace.